Let's take this outside with Marianne Iveson, the podcast where she speaks to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about why they connect with nature. Mike Shorman is the first person with a disability to cross all five Great Lakes, as well as an inspiring public speaker. When Hope Breaks Through is a film exploring the Canadian mental health crisis by following Mike's journey. Mike's crusade became one of the largest mental health awareness campaigns led by an individual in Canadian history. This athlete and advocate is now educating and motivating audiences to achieve their own excellence through his keynotes focused on mental health resilience, perseverance, and drive. Please welcome Mike Shorman. Mike Shorman, thank you so much for joining me on Let's Take This Outside. We're already having a blast, so I'm like, I'm going to hit record. Go for it. Go for it. (laughs) I'm the worst, and I'm sure you've heard this before, but how many people have pointed out the irony of your of your last name being Shorman. Oh yeah, all the all the time. I, I was a little bit surprised with the amount of media coverage and media attention that there wasn't more playing with the words. But but my dad tells me every time he sees me, you know, you owe me a lot of money for that name. Um <laughs> with what you've you've gone and done with it and so you know no people 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 say it all the time it's it, it makes me laugh every time i hear it okay i'm i was like i'm gonna start this this conversation this way and he's gonna hate me for this but i'm gonna try it anyway <laughs> you have one of the most inspiring stories i've ever heard and i was like i have to talk to this man you said yes right away paddleboarding is your sport but before we dive deep into your story i just sorry that's terrible Sorry, I'm sorry. This is terrible. It's full of dad jokes. It's deep, not shallow. Because your story is quite serious, so I should probably stop making jokes. Okay, Mike, where did paddleboarding and water sports begin for you? So paddleboarding began for me in um, in Toronto. I took it up as a hobby, and you know, you just go out and and you think you're you're going to go and learn something new and and you just fall in love with it, and that's what I did with paddleboarding. I think you know the um, the falling off and the climbing back up and people people don't don't always like to wipe out while they're paddleboarding but I loved it because I just thought it was fun and you know over time it just developed and and I realized that what I was doing at the time I was working in marketing and public relations and I wanted to share my love of of the sport with with others and you know I, I worked in PR in in events special events and creating experiences for people with different brands and, and I thought no I want to create experiences for people with paddleboarding and so I built up built up a business in Toronto and certified with Paddle Canada as um, an advanced flat water instructor just outside of Chelsea, Quebec. Yeah, that's really close to me. I was there this morning swimming in Meech Lake. So <laughs> yeah, so you know exactly what the, well, it's a perfect place to to get certified, right? Yeah, yeah. Were you an athlete otherwise, or was this kind of just like a fun thing that you wanted to try? And I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> says the guy who, who just paddleboarded all across the five Great Lakes. But no, I'm just some guy. No, I think I I always liked to do sports as a kid. You know, my my sister was in basketball. She was in offside, and you know, I played hockey when I was very young. I wasn't very good at it. I wasn't competitive swimming. So you were comfortable in the water. Yeah, I, w- I was. I was the water baby in the family. 
I did karate and I did very well in karate. I went, I went to the world, world juniors. Okay. So you were an athlete, just so humble. Well, no, I was very, I was very good in independent sports. You know, I was, I was always encouraged by my parents to, to do these, to do these things. And, and some of the things I really took to, and, but I really always loved being in water. And I think that kind of led me down the road to building up a business around that. In 2018, you received this devastating diagnosis from doctors. It's called Ramsey-Hunt syndrome. I do want to know what Ramsey-Hunt is, but did you just feel off and then it got worse? Like, What did that period of your life look like and how did that change your life? Right. So Ramsey-Hunt syndrome is a neurological condition. Essentially what it is, is it's your chicken pox uh, reactivating in your in your body. Chicken pox lays dormant in your system and it's brought on by stress. And when and when that happens, it's it's called shingles. And tons of people get shingles. But when shingles specifically attacks your eye or your ear, it's classified as Ramsey Hunt syndrome. And it can be it can be dangerous. It can be a mild thing. It can be a severe thing. In my case it was very severe. Mayor Olivia Chow from from Toronto, she had a very mild case many years ago. Um, Justin Bieber had a case last summer. And in 2018, it it hit me. So right now, as I'm speaking to you, I have tinnitus. And it's like the ocean's ringing in my ear. And if I used to do this a lot in interviews, I felt like I had to demonstrate what it was. But vertigo is a big part of my condition. And I used to be like, oh, when I go like this, when I like turn my head from side to side, I get really dizzy. So I try not to, I don't, I don't feel the need to, I don't have to show people that anymore. So you have vertigo, tinnitus. And so even today you still, of course, have symptoms. Yeah. And then I have vision obstruction on this side and hearing impairments. It attacked my, so, so my smile is asymmetrical right now. It's not symmetrical. It's healed mostly, but I have a crooked smile. All the nerves in my, in, on my face just dropped like I'd had a stroke and just exhausting pain. They, they say that the pain comparable to having both of your kneecaps blown out at the same time and that was that was in my ear and then by the end of the fifth day because I was attached to my vestibular system with my with my ear I'd lost my sense of balance your equilibrium so I went from being athletic to not being able to to walk and it was a very scary experience because you know you're going along one day and everything's fine I'd actually just been in California. I was setting up a business partnership so that I'd be teaching paddleboarding here six months a year and that I'd be in California the other six months, hopefully. And I'd just come home and this happened days, days after. And all of a sudden, you know, it changes, changes your life and the business was gone. Suddenly my parents were, you know, bathing me while I was wearing a swimsuit and um, helping me wash my hair. And I remember being in the bathtub and, you know, you'd, go back to rinse out your hair but because of the vertigo it's like you're you're constantly moving in your head you come up and, and you're sick and uh and then you just have to do it all over again it was just a, a, exhausting it was a, it was a really hard hard year how old were you at that point oh, i was an old man i was just just a couple of years ago i was uh I was 35 a few years <laughs> 
And so, you know, physically you're describing this, but your mental health, I couldn't imagine what that, that devastation. You know, the first thing that we really notice in the morning is our own reflection. You know, we, we go into the bathroom, we go to the bathroom, we brush our teeth, we wash our face, we look up, there's the mirror and there's you looking back. And when your face is n- not looking like it normally is and you don't recognize the person who who has been looking back at you for, you know, the last, you know, how many, how many years, it's devastating. And, and it's part of your identity and part of your makeup. I didn't recognize who, who, what I looked like. I didn't recognize even what I sounded like, you know, what I was projecting confidence wise with other people or my independence, my social life went from like this to this. And, and, and it was just like an all of a sudden loss of identity. And that really rocked me, uh, mentally. So how do you go from that to crossing the five great lakes? Like, I'm assuming years of recovery. I'm assuming wanting to come back and do the thing that you like existed for for years. Like, I'm assuming it was a lot of, a lot of layers of that. Yeah. So the first year was really a lot of physical rehabilitation. I was using a cane to walk for most of it. And, and retraining my brain ways to walk in a straight line because it was like, it was like I was staggering when I was walking. So we had to reprogram my brain. And even, even when I, when I started physiotherapy, they said, we've never worked with somebody who has, who has this. So there aren't any promises or we're not, we're not going to go there. But, but anyways, we, we started, you know, working towards that. And about five months after, six months after that happened, I stopped using the cane. And that was around the time that I, I went in for mental health treatment and started processing what I was going through. And from that, that gave me a lot of confidence. It's kind of like you get a small win and then you just leverage that for your next win. <laughs> and then you take that one and then you leverage that one with yourself for, for next ones, you know, just incremental win building. And I remember I was, I was with some friends with paddle boards and they said, do you want to give it a try? I've been told by doctors at this point, you know, this isn't, this isn't going to happen. Like just being on a paddle board is going to make you sick. And, um, and they said, you know, the vertigo part of, you know, being on water, anything that moves like an unpaved surface, anything, it's going to make you ill. And anyways, I said, yes. And I last, I think I sat down. I was, I lasted like three minutes sitting down, but it was enough. It was enough. You know, I, I fell inspired and, and hopeful. And like, this was potentially the beginning of something. And it did, it made me sick for a few days. But it also gave me confidence to call up a friend with some paddle boards and say, the next week, you know, could we could we try going for five minutes? And we did that all summer. We went from like three to five to seven, ten. And then by the end of July, I stood up for a few minutes. There's so much persistence. I can't, I'm so proud. Like, I don't, you know, like, we just met, but I'm just like so proud of you. Like, that's so great. <laughs> I used to teach in front of the Toronto skyline in the harbor. And that first time that I stood up was right in front of the CN Tower where I used to teach. 
at sunset. And it was very, I knew that I was going to try to stand up that day. And I knew, you know, falling with vertigo underwater is, vertigo is very disorienting. You know, I've been walking along in Toronto and I've had to grab hold of buildings because it feels like everything's shaking. So the fear of falling in the water and being disoriented, now that was, that was always part of what I was thinking, but, you know, standing up, at sunset in front of the CN Tower, I was like, okay, we've, we've, we've done it. We've got something here. Right? We can, we can do this. And around that time, just things kept on, on happening. I shared the story. A friend of mine invited me. She said, you know, have you ever thought about public speaking? And I thought, no, like I gave a graduation speech once in college and I literally thanked and said something nice about every member of the graduating <laughs> class. Like, public speaking is not for me. And she said, no, I think you have a story about getting knocked off a horse or a paddleboard and climbing back on. And I think you should you should tell it. I'm going to send you some information to this, to this thing. And it turned out to be North America's largest inspirational speaking competition. And I didn't, you know, I didn't realize what it was. And I'm really glad I didn't know because I probably wouldn't have said yes if I, yeah. if I had but they said yes we want this story and you know tie in a universal message and you know these are all TEDx speakers and authors and people who speak for a living but I've got all this time at home I'm at home recovering so I can write it I can write a good speech and you know, hopefully you know out of 300 people maybe if three three people like it and two of them are my parents that's that's good <laughs> anyways that that speech won wow. that night and then it just started getting it went viral on all these different platforms you know power positivity and jay shetty and ashton kutcher shared it on his platform and got millions of views and and it just kind of birthed something new and kind of a transition. And uh, and from that, you know, I spoke about my mental health journey within that talk. And from that, there came a lot of media attention. And, and I contacted, you know, different mental health organizations. And I, I just said, you know, can you take this? Can you use this? How Like, how can I help? Because I went through a mental health experience. And, and if this can help you in any way, let's, let's do that. And that led to partnering with Jack.org, which is Canada's national youth mental health charity, and several other mental health and disability organizations across Canada. And then the lake crossings became part of part of that endeavor. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four Kids Flashback.
Let's take this outside now has a newsletter. Keep up to date with outdoor news, events, and great discount codes and deals from our partners. Sign up today at let's take this outside.ca. So you you teamed up to create the documentary. Like it, it all kind of came together at once and you're like, "Okay, I guess we're filming this. I got to do it." Was was that what happened? So in 2021, I tried to get across Lake Ontario and I made it about halfway. Still good. It's a pretty big lake. Did pretty good. Yeah. It's, yeah. They're like little oceans. <laughs> but no, I worked on that campaign while I was home recovering still. Like, like I was preparing for this thing, but, but this is a chronic condition. And that year, you know, 2020 leading up to 2021, I was still, you know, physically struggling, but I was like, no, I am going to go do this thing. And so I built up the campaign and it was, it was a successful campaign. Like we raised a lot of funds and we raised a lot of awareness, but the weather changed while we were out there and I didn't meet my personal goal, which was heartbreaking. When you don't achieve something that you set out to do, you just kind of, you know, think about it and, and not dwell on it, but think about what you would do differently and what went wrong and what could go right. And, and, you know, having that experience, you know, it just kind of made me go crazy. And I came back and said, I was going to do all the lakes. <laughs> like, I, I made it halfway. I'm doing all of them. It's almost like you did it out of spite. I know. I think when I announced <laughs> that, I think everybody was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like it was, I, I was a bit annoyed. I was a bit annoyed to, to be, to be brutally honest at the, the, the very beginning, just the response. Uh, it took a while for the Canadian media to kind of pick up. And I, I was just kind of, where are they? Where is everybody? This is for kids. But they did, like, they did come, but I was, I was a little bit impatient. And, and but I, th- I think, you know, when you, when you say, yeah, I'm going to cross all the Great Lakes and I'm going to do it back to back, I think everybody's like, yeah, okay. But yeah, no, it was, uh, it just developed into this thing. And around, it started in the first crossing was of Lake Erie. And that was May of 2022. And I think I met Matt Wagner. Matt's the, Matt's the director of the film. I think I met Matt in late February, early March. And he, you know, he knew what I was doing. We talked about it and. Uh, it's, it's crazy. He's got three young kids, like three, seven, nine. He lives in Michigan. He had to talk about it with his wife. <laughs> what I learned with the first crossing attempt, I remember that. We set that. We were going August 24th, 2021, like good weather or 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 bad weather. And it turned while we were out there. So one of the things that we learned was... Each lake has to have a weather window of about seven to 10 days. You're in that location waiting for the optimal time to go. So this, you know, involved him being away from his kids and from him being away from home. And his wife said, no, you've, you've got to go do this. Like you've, you've got to go. <laughs> and I'll always be very grateful to Brooke <laughs> for saying that. And he built just this beautiful, you know, he, he covered it. And put out all of the all the video content of that campaign, but he also spent hours and hours and hours of filming everything that happened. And then on the other side of that, we started building up 
you know, this was this was about a, basically a mental health awareness campaign. And then we went out and and got the got the meat of the documentary, which are the interviews. So I contacted, you know, Michael Michael Landsberg from TSN, and he's the founder of Sick Not Week. And I wrote all the questions that I that I thought people would find interesting and and that were mental health related, and and then we talked to Liz Braun. She wrote about my story for for the Toronto Sun and the National Post, and and we interviewed her. And I actually was less part of that. Because I didn't want, you know, she already reported on me. I didn't want her. I don't want that. But but Matt did most of that one. And then the director of CAMH and Talk Suicide Canada. And we built out this film on mental health crisis. And, and it's kind of disguised as a paddleboarding adventure film. But, but really what it does, I, I hope, is that... It makes us think about our relationships with our own mental health and maybe lets those who are watching feel less alone or isolated. The facts, the facts, the factual information that is in the film is really quite interesting. It's devastating what comes out when they're talking about the statistics and you're like, oh. <laughs> and so so at times it's very heavy but it's a it's a beautifully shot film and, and he's done a great job something that comes up a lot in this podcast is the connection between mental health and being outside and doing something that you love outside so what is it about paddling connecting to the water the open sky the sunset for you you know watching the sunset the cn tower was that part of your healing journey and how much of it would you attribute if you could give like a percentage? <laughs> oh, definitely. I remember, you know, in the very, very early days of what I was going through, you know, I was at home. My parents were looking after me, but they were still going to work. And they'd call and they'd say, how are you doing? And I'd say, I'm fine. And I wasn't fine, but I'd say I'm fine. And I was, I was, I was spiraling and it was the beginning of, of a big crash. And following that, that was the time, you know, where I got the confidence to, to start going outside. And, you know, I didn't even want people to look at my, like my face, the way that, that it was at the time. You know, kids, kids would point and laugh in the grocery store or say, you know, what's wrong with that man's face? And, and, you know, that's, that's devastating, but it gave me confidence to, to be outside. And to go out and be near water. And the more that I did it, the more I, f- I began to see parts of the old me return again. Crossing the, the five Great Lakes. I grew up in Southern Ontario near like Windsor area. So I know the Great Lakes. And like you had mentioned, it's kind of like crossing the ocean. You know, I remember we go to the lake and we'd be able to like, you know, if it was a really, really clear day, you could like see like Ohio, like in the in the distance, like you'd really have to squint. But I'm just trying to picture that kind of, it's not just a mental feat, is that is a physical feat. So obviously you have someone filming, but like, what does it take to, other than planning the weather windows, what does it take to plan something like that physically, both training slash, like what else could go wrong? Well, people who are about to watch this film are about to watch a medical emergency in the middle of Lake Huron. (laughs) They're unforgiving lakes. They are unforgiving. They are. I had a medical emergency in the middle of the night. That was a 29-hour crossing. 
I don't know about you, but when I go in a pool or any put my feet in the bathtub or any kind of water, after a while they prune. Imagine doing that for 29 hours. Uh, to, yeah, so there was there was a, a big situation that we had to um, navigate. There was a situation with a missing safety boat where we had one booked and it fell through. We put out a call. We were in Michigan at the time, crossing over to Goderich. And we were calling people in Indiana. Like, like it was great. Like, does anybody have a boat? And finally, we just realized, well, we're going to Goderich. Why don't we just call Goderich and see if they have a boat? And we met this amazing, amazing guy. And he's a big part of the story. But no, just the, the training, the, the physical, the physical training was in the gym every day. It was at the gym when it opened at 6 a.m. I was back in the gym in the evening. I was on the water in January on Lake Ontario while there was snow and ice. We crossed Lake Erie as the first one because it was the shortest of, of all five. So we thought, let's go for, for the good win first. It'll give me, it'll, it'll give me some confidence and, and then we'll jump to the bigger ones. And for that crossing, I remember like every 30 minutes they were blowing a whistle and I'd come over to the support boat and they'd give me, you know, some apple or pepperette or croissant. I don't know. And we realized from that how much it was slowing us down by me consuming actual food. And we realized that the amount of energy and fuel that, you know, was leaving my body, you know, what it, it was, it wouldn't be enough for, for the big ones. So they moved me onto a liquid diet. So I, I moved on to, instead of half an hour feedings of food, uh, my team would blow a whistle and I'd come over and I'd take a shake of carbohydrate powder. But I was, I was taking in thousands and thousands of carbs, you know, 25 liters of water. But no, it was, it was a lot of people doing, you know, people who would make those shakes who were on those boats, drivers, not just one driver, sometimes multiple drivers, because when you're crossing a lake for that amount of time, you know, I'm exhausted, but the driver can't be exhausted. So they have to take shifts sleeping and then just support crew of people who are leaning off the back of the boat, you know, sometimes talking to me, sometimes playing games with me. Yeah. Just trying to keep my spirits up as much as, as much as possible. Where can people watch when hope breaks through and support mental health charities you support? Cause it sounds like you're on a, on a bit of a tour. Yeah, so the um, the film will premiere in Toronto at the 18th annual Com Film Festival. Wow! At the uh, Saint Lawrence Saint Lawrence Center for the Performing Arts. So, five hundred of my closest friends. <laughs> so cool. So that happens on September 15th, and then it just tours. So, so right now. We, like, we found out yesterday we're in the Boston Film Festival. It's one of the biggest in the States. 38 so cool. I am looking at the I'm looking at the sheet and I'm like, there's a picture of uh of Ben Affleck and George Clooney and, and Mike Sherman. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So September right now we know all of September's dates. This will tour for through the festival circuit for kind of the next 18 months. Are you coming to Ottawa? I'm hoping that we will get to Ottawa at some point. Right now, uh, September looks like Toronto, Sault Ste. Marie, Sudbury, Moncton, New Brunswick, 
then to Boston, then to Grand Rapids, Michigan, and then ending the month in Los Angeles. And then we tailor kind of those dates, you know, colleges, high schools, organizations, corporate groups are kind of contacted around those times that I'm going to be in those locations. And all I wrote for this last question was the book, because you have a book coming out. Can we confirm that? Yeah, so the book, uh, we can confirm that, yeah. Can we talk about the name? Do we know what the name is? Do we? Uh, so we're kind of playing around with Coming Ashore. Yes! 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 We're using it. We're using Shore. Yeah. Yes, we are. Sorry. I just got really excited. Okay. <laughs> Michelle Obama's book, you know, Becoming. I like the coming of, you know, becoming something or, you know, making it to... And, and I, and I feel kind of like, you know, I've come out of the darkness. So while the film is, you know, this is all kind of, it follow, it's, it's on the mental health crisis, but it follows my journey through the lens of, of the filmmaker. The book is my lens. Um, and it's how I see the mental health crisis. It's how I see how Canadians show up, how Canadian media and government show up. It would be a little bit more on the serious side. We're, we're hoping for next May. Well, if I can guarantee anything, this uh, conversation was at least 50, only 50% serious. So just, just a little bit. Just one more question. How are you feeling now? How am I feeling now? Like physically, mentally? Physically, mentally, like maybe, maybe not in like this moment, but like overall, like how are you? Not like post-interview. After spending time with you today, <laughs> physically, it's I, I feel good. It's a day-to-day thing, definitely. Whenever the barometric pressure changes, I'm affected. So I could be, and I just have to, I, I did a presentation last week at a school board. And I had to go on stage in front of 200 people. And I wasn't feeling my, I wasn't feeling my best self. If you go out and you give 30% and you only have 30% to give, then, then you've given a hundred percent. So, so that's how, that's how I view it. But no, overall, I would say I feel, I feel really good mentally. I feel refreshed. I've taken some time off this summer, you know, to prep for, for all of this. And physically, I feel, I feel good. And looking forward to, you know, the, the fall and, and sharing this with people and enjoying all of it. Well, hopefully I'll get to see When Hope Breaks Through on the tour. Can't wait for the book. I will put everything I can in the show notes. Mike Shortman, thank you so much for, for hanging out with me. This is super fun. No, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening. For more Let's Take This Outside, go to letstakethisoutside.ca. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on BlastTheRadio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's BlastTheRadio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter. Produced and distributed by The Sound Off Media Company.